And hello! Oh, it's so good to have you! Look at you! We heard you last time! And you there! I remember you from the other episode that we did a couple of times ago. Oh, welcome all! And welcome to newcomers as well to On It Radio, a monthly podcast where we play video games and then talk about it! Isn't that right, Faden? My name's Dale Flashpoint. To the left of me is Faden. And to the right of me, is a new, not new, he's been here a couple of times, a friend of the show named Jake McCaskill. Hi. (laughs) And there's Faden, just grunting away. Sorry, I'm just, I'm sending down these crates, you know? Yeah, those crates are heavy. Why were you carrying them? Uh, Sea slugs. They're they're full of sea slugs. Oh, nice. Sea slugs weigh a ton. And they like, they look kind of good. Yeah, we're going to cook them up? They kind of look a little, no, tasty raw. Ooh, all right, all right. A little ambrosia sea slugs of the gods. Where did you get those sea slugs? From the sea. But you didn't get them from any... Ah, never mind. Hello, I am underwater. (laughs) (laughs) Please help me. Please help. Hello, I am under the water. Please help me. (laughs) Oh, it's another episode here in our first year of the Game Club podcast. We're closing in on a full year. Isn't that pretty exciting? That's kind of mind-blowing, but yeah, it's been a weird year. Weird year, full of lots of games. I played some games this month. Um, If you don't mind, I'd like to talk about some of the games I played, specifically one. Go for it. I uh, work at a nerd store with a whole bunch of other nerds, and they were talking about how much that they thought Cyberpunk 2077 was pretty okay, and it's an actually good game once you do the thing and get past the, the glitches that sometimes happen. And I was like, you know what? I've played and beat that game. I remember it being a kind of meh. Maybe the updates have brought something new. I'll try it again. And I did try it again, and I got to the point where the blatant uh, anti-Asian racist hate comes into play and i was like oh man that's like just cyberpunk too in general the genre there's that yeah yeah it's baked in it's baked in and cyberpunk 2077 leans into that baked in they're like yeah oh it's part of the genre it's okay it's we're just we're we're staying accurate to the genre 
I was like, okay, that's enough of that. So I downloaded and played a game called Cloudpunk, which I had thought about for a long time. I'd seen it. It came out around the time Cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to come out the first time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't buy it. Uh, I just kind of looked at it, put it on my wish list, thought about it, forgot about it. I'm glad I finally bought it. Let me set the scene for you. The city of Nivalis, a city so high it reaches from the very ocean all the way up to the heavens itself, piercing even the clouds, which in this world have become so densely noxious that none can see above them, even during the day. Nivalis is so choked with traffic, both hovered cars and foot traffic. It's, It's a world densely populated with all kind of being. And the coolest thing about this city is that it blends realistic graphics with voxel graphics. It's what is 3D vo- Wait, voxel. What is voxel exactly? Voxel is a fancy way of saying a 3D pixel. Oh. So everything everything is pixelated, but three-dimensional. You know Minecraft? Minecraft is a voxel-based game. It's pixels brought to the three dimension. That's bananas. Isn't that crazy? So all of the character sprites look like 3D 16-bit character sprites. And all of the buildings are constructed from these really richly uh, colored pixels that have uh, just characteristics of their own. It's a fascinating game, um, just visually. But then we get into the meat and potatoes of it. The story, you play as a driver for the company Cloudpunk, which is a less than legal delivery service doing uh, all drugs well you name it drugs people ai uh you say people (laughs) yep people (laughs) although cloudpunk is not a taxi service specifically says in the contract but you you do people we well occasionally if they pay well enough (laughs) so anything goes anything goes so long as the paycheck hits if we can cash your check, we'll help you out. And we play as a character fleeing from their past named Rania. Rania has moved to Navalis from somewhere in the eastern peninsula. Her hometown has not yet been revealed to me. I didn't beat the game, but I am pretty close. I think I'm in the last half. Okay. Maybe even the last two thirds. Um, so Rania is fleeing from her past as a musician, trying to find something new in the city of Navalis because uh, she's actually actively running away from debt collectors. Oof. Who collected <laughs> her, the rest of her family? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, what the do you rest mean of her family. Her family, meaning they couldn't pay, so the repo men came and collected. That's so hardcore. They, repo your life? Uh, yep. If oh. you can't afford to pay for living, it's the cyberpunk future. So the Man. corporations will collect what is theirs. It's Animal it Crossing like- all over again. Tom Nook just coming by with a shotgun to your house. A super aggressive Tom Nook with a hover car, yeah. Timmy and Tommy have shovels. <laughs> Time to recollect. No, that sounds dark as hell. It is. It really leans into the bleakness of cyberpunk. So many of these games that have come out in the cyberpunk genre are like, ooh, flashing lights. Remember how cool Blade Runner looked? Ooh, what if we could just plug in parts to our body at any, at any time? Woo! Uh, I mean, yeah, but, that uh, sounds cool. Cloudpunk brings it back to, hey, fucking, if the corporations run everything, that's good for no one except the CEO of that corporation. Uh, and they, they, what I think is really cool about Cloudpunk is that it understands the racism inherent to the genre, but instead of leaning into it and just making a bunch of fucking racist characters, 
They make caricatures. I think a very clear image that sticks out in my head is I, uh, in interaction with an NPC on the street that noticed I was from the Eastern Peninsula. And they said, oh, whoa, I noticed your, your floral pattern. That's like a ceremonial thing that happens, right? Can I take a closer look at it? It looks really cool. And I was just thinking about designs for my next tattoo. And Ronnie is like, actually, this is a thing that my mother gave to me. And it's kind of a traditional this and that. And the guy just totally goes right over his head. He's like, yeah, that's so cool. Wow. So anyway, how much can I pay you for it? And it it ends up being becoming a punchline where Rania sells the thing. Her AI comes back and says, wait, why did you sell that? Wasn't that a thing that your mother gave to you? Rania goes, oh, no, I made that up. That guy was a total dumbass. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you know, um, that sounds interesting. I was going to say something about cyber tw- uh, Cyberpunk 2077, but uh, I lost it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I found it again. But anyway, Cloudpunk, two thumbs up. What's your thing about 2077? I uh so I originally bought not the collector's edition, but like the deluxe one that had like the steelbook um case. Oh, yeah. Like I pre-ordered yeah. it and all that jazz. Um I'm sure the collector one came with something that was just bananas. But um no, I mean I was looking forward to it because of like the Witcher 3 and just the hype in general. Um so I played it opening day or release day, I guess. And, um, opening day. Opening day of Cyberpunk. I lined up to the theater, purchased a <laughs> ticket, and said, one Cyberpunk 2077, please. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. And that's probably why it didn't work. Um, at least I think that's why it was so glitchy. But uh, but no. So I, I got it. I have other theories. I, I played it for like an hour. There were a ton of glitches. Um, I played it the next day for like an hour. There were a ton of glitches. Keep in mind, this is the release day and then the day after. And I just so like didn't, October of twenty one, right? I haven't touched it 2020. since twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Oh, yeah, oh, it's uh, old, old. It's two years old now. And I know that there have been like updates and stuff, and like there's a part of me that's like, just play it. It's gonna be so cool. No. They have updates and no. stuff now. I have the Steel Book Collector's Edition, and, and remember, you could get full, full uh, refunds. You could get full refunds for like. Two months when it came out because people were oh, so yeah, mad because it was so bad. Um, mm-hmm. So I just have the steel book, and I just don't have any like I like Keanu Reeves, but not that much. You know what I mean? Like I don't like it enough to put that <laughs> game back in. I was burned. You know what I mean? I was burned by that game, and uh, yeah. I own it. And you know, maybe someday before I die, I'll just beat it to beat it. But like, it's just there. It's just you in can... my stack of games now. My opinion is you could love yourself more. Yeah, yeah, you that... could also love yourself more. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm working on it. <laughs> so they fixed the game, right? They fixed the game. Well, when I tried it again and got to the part of the intro where everyone is railroaded into the same in-engine cutscene, there were T poses and missing textures, and I was glitched into the floor. Wait, did that happen to you? That happened to me in my most recent, like, couple weeks ago trial. What? The game yes. is that yes. fixed then. No. no, it's because the anime came out, so people started playing it again. Yeah, it did. That's all that, that happened. That like got some hype too. Yeah, mm. I, I I didn't care to watch it. That's a shame. Faden, I didn't. I just were, don't. You were going to ask something about Cloudpunk, were you? Nah, I completely lost it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's my fault. No, it's okay. Cyberpunk is funny to me. It is funny. It just is. It's, <laughs> it's a good chortle. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> Cyberpunk is a perfect game, which is what I must say, so that the abused staff gets their paycheck. 
Yeah. That's a hard drive headline. Shout that's, out hard drive. Oh my it. god, you're just stealing hard drive headlines out here. <laughs> do, you, do you want to browse through your photos, see if you can find another one? Hold on, there might be another one. I got them on, re- I got them on standby. <laughs> about about Cyberpunk 2077. Just about life in general. No, I, I'm, one I'm, one I'm that applies to one. this moment. Yeah. Local podcast man. <laughs> oh, wait, are you actually? You, yeah, okay. I'm actually, yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, give me, count to 30. It'll oh, be less time than that. I thought you were serious about local podcast man. No, I wasn't. Here's one, though. Here's one. Opinion, please consider adopting an unwanted D&D podcast instead of starting your own. <laughs> Perfect. Hard drive headline. Shout out hard drive. You guys are great. <laughs> Jeremy Kaplowitz, hilarious dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fun. So, Jake, what have you been playing this month? Other than the uh, headlining game that we're talking about today, I played a little bit of Phasmophobia with you and another person whose name I don't. Who do? What's what's their Imundi. name? Imundi. 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 You and Imundi. Um, oh, true. It would be nice to play with Dale, but uh, he's put that. <laughs> that's just that's in the past for him, isn't it? It is. It, it unfortunately is. I've hung up my Phasmophobia hat. He I, excised that ghost. Oh, <laughs> I I will say that the most that recent update underwhelmed me. Like oh, yeah. I I did not like because you know they're trying to go bigger, and wow, Dale is really proud of that. <laughs> that was really good, Peyton. <laughs> um. Anyway, the, it was the fine. inventory change is weird. I don't oh, like the awesome. I don't like the new place. It used to be creepy. Now it's yeah. just you're in like an office. It's not even like you look outside and you see a ghost watching you. It's just like it's I just thought the old one had more atmosphere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like the game literally made them so much money that the <laughs> corporate like cat uh what is it called when you take money and you sell out? It's like the game literally like sold itself out and now they're in an office building instead of like a creepy garage which has way oh. more character than a freaking office building oh it's just so dumb is that that's my opinion anyway no they got funded by softbank and now they have 25 billion dollars to burn and so they buy a stupid fucking warehouse to house all their go- ghost equipment that's stupid to me that's not fun <laughs> but the new yeah. map was interesting just Creep mansion or creep uh, castle? What was it? Asylum. Yeah, another was, asylum. Yeah, Did they just put you in a Resident Evil mansion. No, I wish that'd be cooler. Oh, that'd be uh, sick. No, the new asylum map is just huge, though. Yeah, and there's a really creepy chapel section in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also <laughs> a new map mode that's like it gives you four random rooms. Oh, really? I don't remember that. We didn't okay, try that. that. Fun. Is that like a yeah. roguelike mode? I'll um, come back for that. It's basically just what it is is it's the uh, the asylum area, mm-hmm. but instead of um, 
instead of being fixed, it just takes random rooms from it and configures it into a new like mini building. Nice. And it's always four or like five rooms, kind of small. Yeah. Okay. Interest peaked. Well, you heard him. Download it. Okay. <laughs> Jake, you're very brave in that game, though. I, I just think it's funny. I like it though. It's a good game. It's a good. It's. I would not play it by myself. I think I might even actually get a little spooked if I played it by myself. But playing it with you and Amundi, that's that's like the best way. I think playing it with friends is the way to play that game. Yeah, I I could not imagine playing that game alone. <laughs> you couldn't even get out of the van or with randos. Yeah, on the mostly end. because I'm too much of a <laughs> coward to leave the van. You'd just be in the van, and then you'd be like. What do we want to just guess? Let's just say it's the poltergeist. And you're like, yokai, well, there's no way I could have known. We'll just call that a win. <laughs> I could always just put it on beginner and do the non-haunt part and set up cameras everywhere. There's a way to do it so there's no haunt? Well, no. Uh, when you have it on beginner's level, it takes five minutes. Though, there oh. are customizable options. That would be cool if we could do a no-haunt mode. Yeah. Like, you could still find it, but you couldn't ever, like, get killed by the ghost or something? Yeah. Make it, like, real-life ghosts. And basically what we're doing is analyzing weird things we see around a house and going... And well, scamming this... the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like in real <laughs> life. Can... Yeah, like the ghost hunters in real life. <laughs> There's no ghost here, but in this recording, you can hear a weird noise. Give me the taps Ooh. mode. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because it's true, but <laughs> but yeah. So, Phasmophobia is the game that I I have otherwise played this month. What about you, Faden? I'm gonna actually talk about a game I started playing today. night not last night but just yesterday a card game called marvel snap came out and no. it's almost this it, okay it's a very weird card game your decks are only 12 cards and there's only six turns every turn uh -huh. you gain an energy like turn one you have one energy turn two you have two energy to spend you can't carry them over. It's a bit like Hearthstone in that way. Each card you play costs energy. And you have to play cards into three different zones. Each zone can have an ability. For example, I had one that was... If you fill this zone before the other player, you draw a six-cost card. But it's free. And six-cost is the highest card. 
a card cannot be over six. And that's when you get to play them, that's the last turn of the game. So it'll be big heroes like Odin or Hulk. Or Thanos. You know, I would assume Thanos is, but I haven't seen him yet. And thankfully, it's the comics and not the MCU. So no weird live action stuff. No Josh Brolin. Thank God. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And the matches are so quick. Also, I'm oddly really good at it. I only lost three times out of probably 25 matches I played. Wow. And there's a great mechanic. It's always ranked. That's what's oh, okay. so great about it. I, it is never unranked. Oh, Once you get to level enough. 10, it jumps you up to level 11, and then you can start losing levels. No thanks. But I've only won levels, so, you know. Every... Too high of a cost. My ego will be damaged. I don't want it. <laughs> well, every level is, uh, it takes like 10 cosmic cubes. In order to level up for some levels. And every match you wager a cosmic cube to start. But I can't remember. In fact, they're like turn two. Or maybe you can do it right away. You can hit the cosmic cube on the top of the screen of your phone. And it will double the wager. So then we'll be fighting for two cosmic cubes. Well, And an opponent can withdraw and just like lose their one. So you can kind of make You can bluff them. It's almost like poker, making someone fold. That's interesting. And like the next turn, I could double it again. And so then it's four Cosmic Cubes that we're fighting over. I won a four Cosmic Cube match, and it was great. Nice. Nice. Just a weird little free game. And also, you can't buy booster packs. In fact, you can't buy any cards with premium currency that isn't just a variant of a card you already own. Okay. Or at least that's what it looks like. That's good. I I love that. So, I literally, it's just kind of cosmetic in a way. I mean, the only way you add cards is you upgrade cards. And you upgrade cards, you just get the material, like, you you finish a match, and one of your cards will get booster material. Mm -hmm. So, oh, my Iron Man got booster. I can upgrade my Iron Man. And my Iron Man now changes into an uncommon card. And also, his character art breaks past the frame. He's frameless. Then I get enough booster to upgrade him again, and then he becomes 3D. And so I can move my phone, and he'll move too. Booster. Interesting. (laughs) Epic, they become animated, so they slightly move. So it just makes the card look prettier. (laughs) It doesn't power them up. I'm sure the monetization will come in sometime soon, but I honestly don't know where it's at. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere, right? Free if, to download if, games always. Oh, happen. yeah. If there's money to be made at all. And the yeah. only thing is you just buy variant cards, which, okay. So can you play forever or do you have to get like energy crystals? Cause you, no, like, you can run play out. forever. It's just, just play matches as much as you want. Hmm. Sounds too good to be true, but maybe... It, it honestly does. It really is just weird. I don't like it's been only one day today, so maybe I'm just not seeing it. This is the only thing I can think of. So when you upgrade cards, you get points towards your collection, and that's how you unlock new cards. And so if you buy the variant, you can increase those to uncommon because the uh booster points that are required from uncommon to rare is more from common to uncommon. 
it increases. Okay. Yeah, a little little exponentiality. Right. So the variants just give you an easy like collection point, but I don't know. That it doesn't seem like much because you get new cards as you increase your collection anyways and then you can upgrade those cards to increase your collection. Like you know, maybe this is just this is just the good one. This is the good game, <laughs> the game where they don't try to make money. For now. That's I'm sure that'll change. Well, maybe. Yeah, it will. But still, we can hope. A lot of, yeah, I can hope. It's a lot of fun though. The card game's just fun, and it's not combat or anything. You just have to have the most points in two out of three locations, and then you win. Nice. And each character's worth a certain amount of points, or some have certain abilities. Pretty standard stuff. But that's that's about all I have. Should should we get into our? our I think game it's time for an one? elevator pitch. I, I I do indeed think. Yeah? For for what game are we doing the elevator pitch, Dale? The Bioshockanine! With Mark Wahlberg, right? With Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Say hello to your mother for me, will you kindly? (laughs) 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 We did. We played the first Bioshock this month. And in in our tradition of traditions, Faden is going to give me, Dale Flashpoint, 30 seconds to pitch Bioshock the first one. As though I were pitching something to a studio exec in an elevator. And this studio exec, I want it to be... Hmm. Ken Levine, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, want it, I want you to pitch it as if you're pitching it to your rich uncle. To rich uncle, okay. Alright, I'm ready. Okay. Does the rich you're uncle gonna... like video games? Well, we'll see, won't we? I... I okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. 
Excelsior. Hey, Uncle Tim, it's your nephew Dale here. I got an idea that's going to knock your socks off. You've read Ayn Rand, right? Ayn Rand, how do you say it? I don't know. But she loves capitalism. You know who else does? This guy named Andrew Ryan. He's going to move to the bottom of the ocean. He's going to build a city. Nothing's going to go wrong. You want to know why? Because there's no rules. There's no morals. There's no rules. There's no governments. It's just money, baby. Money all the way down. So what do you say, Timmy? Are you with me or are you with me? How much time do I have left? That's all I need. Well, as your Uncle Timmy, I would say, I would reckon I would like to imagine a society where a man can keep the sweat of his brow. (laughs) That's right, Timmy, baby. We're going to to rapture. (laughs) You have an interesting sounding family. (laughs) Us flashpoints, we don't mess around. (laughs) All over the spectrum. Nice. Your family reunions must be a blast. Oh my god, it's a cacophony. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played Bioshock, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Bioshock, 2007 first-person shooter developed by Irrational Games, originally called, though, 2K Boston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Published by 2K Games. And yeah, you pretty much described the setting. I think so. I think I nailed it. Taking place underwater in the in the glorious city of Rapture. In the glorious city of Rapture. <laughs> it's the twenties. You gotta you gotta It's actually not the twenties, it's the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait. They, they really love our art deco for some it's, reason. Well it's actually it's kind of the fifties. But well, no, okay, it's, it's kind of Yeah, it's aesthetically the fifties. But it takes place in the 60s. Things I'd like decaying. to establish that Art Deco is severely 1920s. No, that's fair. That's fair. Speaking of fair, uh, that's actually not too far off from Bioshock Infinite, which takes place like in 1912 or something, which is based is on true. the World Fair. That's like the yep. style. Oh. So, yeah. you know, yeah, they're all about their like, pick a style, make a game about it. Not about it, but like, you know, from that canvas. We're all going to the World's Fair, as they yeah. say. I like Art Deco yeah. more than the World's Fair. That's just my opinion. No, it's I, I agree. It's the turn of the century. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> you really like that uh, radio voice. <laughs> it's easy voice. to do. I love it. <laughs> Can you just do the rest of it with the radio voice? Oh, God, please, I'll no. just <laughs> do the rest of this podcast like a radio announcer. <laughs> <laughs> no, please. No. No, I'll suffocate myself. It's putting my hands over my face. <laughs> That's the secret. Suffocation. That is the secret. <laughs> Let's talk about the game of it all, yeah? Maybe. Yeah, I first want to actually ask Jake, why'd you, why'd you have us play this? Well, you know, Bioshock is kind of a spooky game, and it's the spooky season. So I was really hoping that, uh, you know... Well, I know, I just... I love the game, and I figured it would be really appropriate for this month. So, yeah, thank you for taking my request well thank you for filling in and coming on to guest star yeah you're basically the third co-host sometimes yeah i appreciate it i feel blessed to be here i just i'll you are the twa to our menage uh (laughs) Uh, am i the am i the c to your tl yes (laughs) because that they did menage no that was that was christina aguilera moulin rouge I feel oh. like we're going on a tangent. Oh my god. It's okay, it's okay. What a great movie. <laughs> Speaking of Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. Oh yeah, the Bioshockening. 
Yeah. The Bioshock ending. The Bioshock ending. You're this guy named Jack. And Jack is in a plane crash. Rough go of it, Jack. Rough go of it. He finds a lighthouse in the water. He's in the middle of the ocean. Swims to the lighthouse. Bloop, bloop, Strangely, bloop. no coasts nearby this lighthouse. Weird. It, it It is pretty baffling, to be quite honest. Really makes you wonder what's going on. Until you realize there's a little submersible that takes you to this underwater city. Excuse After you... me, it's a bathosphere? Okay, bathosphere. Is that a real term? It is. Oh, okay. Well, bathosphere. Bathosphere. Weird it's basically word. basically a stomach. Faden's going to wrestle with bathosphere the rest of the night. I am going to pin it down somehow. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for your support. Your bathospheral support. Bathospheric. Sure, yes. yeah. Basically. We get a nice little slideshow presentation by Andrew Ryan. The man himself. You know, ranting I'm, about government. Andrew Ryan. He apparently thinks America gives their money to the poor, which lol. Yeah, he's just... He's <laughs> just the best. He's just, he's just a great guy. guy. <laughs> he's pretty, pretty good. Hardcore libertarian. As or, they come. Where is he? Yes. <laughs> we arrive to Rapture, and a helpful voice comes on our radio. Would you kindly? We got Atlas, who is an Irish working, like Dublin working class accent man. Yep, yep. Yeah, very, very kind, very friendly. He's got, he's just got like one of those trustworthy voices, you know? That's how I knew he was a good guy on our side. Yeah, exactly. And he's a, and he's he a family man. Right yeah. Yeah, so he asked us to um, help rescue my family. The yep. world's really fucked up. And Rapture, it's not a good city anymore. There's these little... Andrew Ryan has run it to the ground. My name's Atlas. Would you kindly help me? <laughs> now, yeah, so that pretty much sums it up. Like the leprechaun from the Lucky Charms commercials. <laughs> oh, my name's Andrew Ryan. Would you kindly... Wait, what? <laughs> I think you crossed Atlas. the streams there for a second. I did, I did. <laughs> Ghostbusters over here. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> okay. Well, setting that whole they're after aside. me. They're after me, plasmids. Dale is on the loose right now. <laughs> and... He tells us, hey, please rescue my family. We'll, we'll find a way to get out of here, whatnot. And do you get you get plasmids throughout your time, get some powers that is just basically magic shooty stuff. I mean, yeah, they're pretty important. Because they're pretty important. They're because pretty important. of the freedom of rapture, they're able to invent this science that you can inject into your body and give you telekinetic or lightning kinetic or pyrokinetic abilities. Or even more kinetics than that. There are a lot of kinetics. There are a lot of kinetics in the game. Yeah, you need Adam to wield them, and Adam comes from the little That's sisters. That's A D A M. Yeah. Yep. Adam. Sorry, the Midwestern oh, accent. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm coming just in strong. No, it's okay. Adam <laughs> no, and Atom are pronounced similarly on the fly. Adam and Atom. Yeah. And then I don't Bathos know if this matters, fear. but you have like mana too, and that's called Eve. Adam it, it does and matter. Eve. Yeah. 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 But these little sisters are protected by these big old diver suit baddies called big daddies. Large fathers. Large fathers. <laughs> <laughs> Very large <large> father. <laughs> Chonky pa- patriarchs. 
<laughs> the chonky patriarchy must be tossed aside. <laughs> I'm always saying this. <laughs> it's true. You are always saying that. Um, <laughs> we eventually get told, "Hey, you could either <laughs> you could either wait, wait. Save... Let me paint the picture for you." Oh, okay. Yeah, in this moment when we're first introduced to large father and uh, small <laughs> sister. <laughs> Atlas comes over the radio and he's like, would you kindly kill that genetic mutation of a little girl? Hold on. They've he, been... he doesn't say, would you kindly do it? Listen, listen. He doesn't say that. It's important. I'm setting this. I, it is important. You're right. But I'm setting the scene. <laughs> you can only go scene, Atlas which is voice not if important. you say, would you kindly, huh? That's true. I just Anyone realized who's something. this game will admit. Yeah. I just realized something. Yeah. It's, it's about Tenenbaum. If Tenenbaum knew if Tenenbaum heard Atlas say that, she would have caught on. Yeah. I did not I, I played this game a billion times and I just realized that that's why you get that initial like choice. Anyway, sorry. That's that's kind of a good realization. But that's... yeah, a- Atlas is like, oh would you kindly would you kindly <laughs> <laughs> He says it twice in fact. He does say but it like basically that tells you that they're genetic mutations, it doesn't matter, they don't have a soul, kill them and get your powers worth of money. Do it. You'll get a bunch big payout. And then over the radio, this Nazi sounding motherfucker is like, Hey, wait a minute, they're actually girls. I made them. If you rescue them, I can't pay you. So help, please. No, she says she'll make it worth your while, which is fundamentally, here's my issue with this. You get more rewards if you save them. That is true, cumulatively. Yeah, that's the point. You, but it, do, the you game get more doesn't for doing tell good. you that. That's the, the point. The game doesn't explicitly say that. It just says, we'll make it worth your while. That's 100% the point. Right, yeah, but so. the actual point should be, if this game... Which we'll get to it deeper at the end. If this game's about choice, it should be more rewarding to absorb that little sea slug inside of them. Yeah, get that freaking tentacle out of them and well, you do just eat it. You get you get like I think you get a hundred if you, you rescue her, and you get two hundred or something. You get more right. initially. I think it's a hundred and eighty, and then eighty. But every three that you turn into Tannenbaum, you get a two hundred payout. Exactly. It makes the choice meaningless. Right. But we can discuss that later when we talk about choice. Yes, we okay. can. Okay. Because we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. What what happens after this? We do some stuff? Basically, yeah, we, we do kill some a lot stuff of people because Atlas? Atlas is like, would you kindly kill all these people? And we and, do. And we watch his family blow up in a submarine. Yeah, yeah. And then we finally go. It's very tragic. Very sad. Very tragic. Very sad. This is a good time to bring in the the realization that I had during my time with this game. Yeah. But uh, this is one of those first-person shooters where you are all the while speaking to someone who's helping you, but never directly, like, they're never right in front of your face. It's yep. always like there's one wall separating you between you and that person. And I feel like there's a number of other first-person shooter games from this era, like mid-2000s, pre-teens, that do exactly that. I feel like Fallout 3 does that a little bit. I feel like uh, maybe Dead Space did that. Fallout 3, Dead Space does that. For sure. Uh, at least at least with the main story in Fallout 3. You're like always a step behind. You know what I mean? True. But anyway, I felt that that was pretty tropey. I think that plays into 
the yeah. largest theme of this game, which we can talk about later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So keep keep we, in mind though. Yeah. Walls and just just being separated. Mm-hmm. After after Atlas's family dies, we then make our way to Andrew Ryan. Very sad. <laughs> Andrew Ryan. And we have the the confrontation, the twist that everyone doesn't really know about, actually. Some people on this podcast did not know this twist. I, I sure didn't. I'm so curious about, like, your reaction, because I wish I could go back in time and, like, see how I reacted the first time, because <laughs> I just don't even remember. Yeah, I can tell you. We learned that would you kindly is a trigger phrase that mind controls our character to do whatever the user of would you kindly wants. Because we are a genetically modified entity. We are Andrew Ryan's illegitimate love child shot up with a bunch of Adam and experimented the fuck on. Also because you're playing a video game. Yeah, also that. (laughs) So we get the betrayal. Atlas is actually Fontaine, Andrew Ryan's biggest business rival who tried to take over Rapture and failed, but actually has now succeeded. I'm not up to this point. Old. There's mention of Fontaine. We we mm-hmm. hear that he's a past figure. So yeah, he said that he's dead or been put like out of the picture multiple times, at least yep. once for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think twice. Yeah, but nope. He was pretending to be Atlas, and then we go through the game and we kill Fontaine. That's basically the like immediately after that reveal. The like superhero fight at the <laughs> end. Yeah. yeah, there's almost no time. Well, maybe it's because I was playing on easy difficulty. But I felt like that reveal happened and then the game ended. It, it's pretty quick, actually, though. It's it's not that it was uneasy. It's it's like two thirds. I would say it's the it's the it's either I, I would say the the reveal is at the end of the third quarter of the game. And then yeah. the last quarter is getting to him and fighting him. Closure. So, to yeah. Say. OK, OK. Uh, Ken Levine thinks the boss fight is real bad. Ken I, Levine, you're I've right. heard that a lot. I just disagree. Because I, yeah. I think that it's like the culmination of everything. Like it gives you, like you have to use all your powers. I will say, nope. I beat it again and I was like, I it felt, um, it did feel too easy. But that's that's kind of like at this point. But like You play the game every year, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. But um, <laughs> it'd be weird if it was hard. Yeah, man, I just could never get past this one part. I've never beaten the game. It's just somebody tell me how it ends. I hope you guys can tell me how it ends. <laughs> I've gotten to the reveal multiple times. <laughs> so we got uh, two different endings. I got the ending where this game was about family, actually, all along. And so I have a family with the little sisters I saved. Dom and... Toretto came out in a 1969 <laughs> Shots Charger. He did. Yeah. That's what the game's about. It's all about From the, the future. <laughs> Not too far in the future. Only 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And that was the ending I got. I, my character, Jack, got to die happy. And because I'm a greedy motherfucker and harvested the atom as uh. soon as I got my grubby little hands on it, that means that I am a totalitarian fool and want to conquer everything. So I set the splicers free, and together we rose to the surface in bathospheres and took over nuclear submarines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a totally rational ex- uh, a totally rational fucking Decision? progression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
because I listened to who I thought was the good guy saying, hey, they're genetic freaks. Put them out of their misery. It just looks like a little girl. Murder that they're piece abused. of shit. They're abused. Save them. <laughs> yeah, so how do we feel about that choice? Big meh. Which choice? The choice to uh, save or harvest the little sisters. Big meh. I mean, well, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on it? I just feel like it's just not a choice, mechanically or story-wise. It just makes no sense to harvest them. Here's my thing. It comes down to this. I either am uh, hindering the genetic experiments of a Nazi scientist, or I'm helping someone who on tape said, when I was abusing people in Auschwitz, I felt like they couldn't understand the pain a mother understands. Would it help to tell you that, did you know Tenenbaum is Jewish? I did not know that, no. And she was, like, telling the Nazis how to do experimentations on people better. And so that got her a position. And according to Ken Levine, she is an autistic savant, his words. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. And oh. so that's a lot of big yikes for me personally. This, this sounds like Joan Rowling bullshit. I don't. I. I get. I, that's such a weird thing to. Say. I just thought she was a doctor. I didn't know she was. Oh, and by the way, did you know that the little sister that you kill in the third chapter is actually transgender? What? Oh, you're. No, okay. no. <laughs> I'm. I'm being. I was like, I don't. Think so. <laughs> that would be a Ken Levine move, though. <laughs> yeah, it basically just enables the worst shit out of people. But it's just, it's just like, it's just a totally annoying. Yeah, yeah. Annoying is a good word for it. Where, where was I supposed to extrapolate that she's Jewish? Um, some audio diaries. Tannenbaum is a very German, I mean, uh, I don't know. There were Jews in Germany. (laughs) Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. right. (laughs) That's, that's an ignorant thing for me to say. A majority of the cast is Jewish. Not Sorry, a majority of the characters. I don't know if the cast is. That's a different story. The voice actors. Yeah, I, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even. I don't know any of the voice actors from this game. I think Jennifer Hale yeah. is probably in there somewhere. But other than that, uh, <laughs> she, she, if you look around the bush, there's a Jennifer Hale. <laughs> probably one of her voices, at least. That's just, this is something I always thought was weird because Ken Levine would say that this is a Jewish story, and it makes sense for Andrew Ryan because Anne Ran is. And they both and, come and, from yeah, Russian. Like the um, same character. Yeah, they both come from um, uh, the petty bourgeoisie in the Soviet Union. And so their family had to flee. Mm-hmm. And so apparently that is where a lot of Andrew Ryan's libertarian views come from. Okay. I once planted a mighty forest to show the will of man. Then Congress wanted I mean, to turn it to a national park, so I burned it to the ground. He's a douche of the highest order, for sure. <laughs> let's, let's, Jake. Oh, what are okay. your thoughts on Andrew Ryan? Um, I mean, he's he's pure evil. He's like, I want to escape capitalism, but like, all he did was just make his own like entity basically he just had it hidden from other people he's i i don't know i i hated him but i mean and i'm he's pretty sure you're supposed capitalism to capitalism 2.0 yeah he he's like he's a hypocrite i mean he's obviously a madman i will say like as characters go 
I think he was he's a great video game character. I think he's very memorable and iconic. I think he's way better than Comstock in Infinite. Um, even though I feel like they were trying to go for the same thing. I think that you know who Andrew Ryan is, like in the video game, you know, world. But I just, while I was playing it, I was like, someone should have smacked him or something. I will say, <laughs> where did he get the money to do all that? Where did he get the money to build an underground city? Ryan Underwater city. Yeah, his family owned a business. And, and Come I on, think, dude. Uh, You've played this game every year. Well, I I guess I just don't really... I, I My favorite part of the game is the atmosphere. Like, that's what I love about it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I will agree with you 100%. If there's one thing this game nails, it is atmosphere. It is a very claustrophobic game. I yes. hate the fact that there's so much glass. <laughs> okay, I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. You can say two right things. Right out of the what? fucking game. You ready for this? I'm going to say two things. Okay. Why can't you shoot and break the glass? I understand it's a video game. <laughs> but also, it's not immersive. I launched freaking rocket-propelled grenades at that glass. Nothing. Well, I'm pretty sure the, gra- the glass would be reinforced. Like on True. Purpose. True. Also, it's not immersive because you're holding a controller in your hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you, you didn't actually, like, no, you don't no, have I a grenade launcher. Keyboard. Uh, yeah, you, you know this, right? I I do think that <laughs> word is interesting because Bioshock does come from a lineage of immersive Sims, but yeah, it waters down the immersion so much. It's really just a first-person shooter with some light yes. RPG aspects. It's not really not anything. even. There's no RPG aspects. There really it's is a, no. It's a RPG story-driven aspects. first-person shooter. The end. Yeah, like literally the closest is the uh, like you can upgrade your weapons, but even that. Like if you get to every station, you can have all of your upgrade, all of your weapons upgraded fully by the end. Yeah, and I, I, I just going back to Andrew Ryan. I, I just keep thinking about his speech, the "Would you kindly" speech. Yeah, and uh, 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 oh, when uh, you meet him, a man yeah. chooses a man chooses a slave obeys. Like that's some libertarian shit right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that effective, though. It feels it's going for the Randian multi-page monologue, but it feels like those are already pretty boring. But I was just really bored by Andrew Ryan's. I don't know. I I felt I just wanted to watch him sink a putt, man. Dude can't golf for shit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she didn't. He didn't have to do it. There was nothing else he was doing. Like, he should have learned to butt. Yeah. <laughs> I I just... He... Mm, so much, I have so much conflicting stuff about him. Because he's interesting when he's in the video feed and has his army attire on with his military helmet. What? I guess uh, he's usually in his... Um, in, like, the hat. The fedora and the suit, right? Oh, it's a fedora? Yeah. Why did I... What game were you playing? I always thought that was a military helmet for some reason. No. I don't think he's the oh. kind of person that would do that. Well, I thought he was doing it because he was under siege. 
<laughs> no, he was under. Oh, from C. Fontaine Industries, no. yeah. Damn, you know what? That's less interesting. He's not intimidating at all. I fucking hate this dude. Not as even like a villain, <laughs> but as a character. Yeah, no, Dude's he's boring. just a huge douche. He's like well, that's no, his whole not, thing. He's just he's a not even bag. a good huge douche. No, I'm, I'm actually arguing he's not even a good one of those. I don't. Uh, he's just bratty and annoying. He's yeah. He feels like a he's very entitled for character sure. in that sense. Yeah. And I, I just not entertained by him. What's the main character? I, I think head? I can't for the life of me remember that fucker's name. But yeah, Fountainhead? just Fontaine, Frank Fontaine. Fountain. Well, that's why. Yeah, no, Fountainhead is the uh, Anne Rand book. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Frank Fontaine. <gasps> do you think? Do you think that was on purpose? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. And Atlas, the character Atlas, is Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. He even looks like Atlas at the end, which I also think is on purpose. That could be one hundred percent. I my problem with the cutscene is I'm not the one holding the club doing it because this entire game has been anytime se- someone said "Would you kindly?" Anytime Atlas said that, me as the player did the thing. Yeah. Why do I not get to do the thing in the cutscene? Why is it a cutscene? See, I that's kind of what I was getting at before. In my opinion, Bioshock is like an analogy for video games. Because you think that you're in control, but you're never in control. Even if it's an open world game or a card game, everything is built to lead you to a specific place. Whether or not yeah. you get there, it was designed for that experience. So that's why the whole would you kindly thing. Like, you think you're doing everything this whole time, but you're really... You're just kind of doing what you're told to do, you know? And I think it's even the same with that, that cutscene because you're not really, it's not, I think the message is that it's not really your experience. It's, it's well, what your well, experience is being like forced on you. I, it's like well, a meta kind of thing. No, I agree that it's a meta thing. It's about playing video games, but that's why I think the Andrew Ryan scene fails so hard. I think it fails because mm. I am not the one inputting the command. I'm not pressing the right trigger to hit him repeatedly with the golf club. If the game had that happen. Just a little QTE, quick time event. No, not even a QTE thing. Just like make it the wrench, same thing. Or have me just hit him with a wrench. Not even hit him with the golf club. Hit him with the wrench. And, or shoot him. Or do anything, actually. Give me the option to do it like you have for everything else. And don't let me be able to progress until I kill him. Because a man chooses, a slave obeys. Right, like, your character can't do it. Like, I can't do anything in the game until I progress doing what Atlas told me to do. That should have been the same for Andrew Ryan. That couldn't work because of the because of the, the way that the would you kindly thing works. It had to be, like, it, you, you couldn't have the option to, to, like, walk around and wait because you don't get any... Um, you don't get any any free will until after you wake up and Tenenbaum has, like, toy. But, I forget how they say it, but like. But I get that you. option normally in the game. Yeah, you do. Even though Atlas has said, "Would you kindly in the cuts in the in the com, you can just stand there and fuck around." I yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. It should have stayed consistent instead of the monumental moment of proving that I am just a slave that I have to just do 
it in order to progress further in the story by taking away the controls yep it takes away the controls it, it thinks it's being more clever by saying wow look you really don't have any control but in actuality it's saying well no because i'm i i you're not letting me do the like you're not letting me act out as if i have no control it's 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 a but it's you a wouldn't weird... but you don't have control though that's what's no. that's what's so crazy about but it here's what could have been done differently even just a slight tweak of you can't leave the room but I love you also this, by the way. progress the scene until you kill Andrew Ryan. Right. Would you, would that he, would have been effective. Don't we need to pick up the key from him in, in, in his, on his person? Right. That happens in cutscene, doesn't it? Right. So why can't I just be not able to take the key from him because he's still alive and he's just standing there waiting for me to kill him because I'm eventually going to have to in order to progress because I have no control. Very small change, same message, much more effective. Yeah, Frank Fontaine tells you effective. to plug in the key, and you can just wait around before you do that. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, it for some reason, not for some reason, what it is doing is it wants to give us the big Andrew Ryan speech or something, but it could still do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it just felt I like... I get what you're saying. It was trying to be more artistically directed when the rest of the game is not that at all. It's like if the last boss fight was a puzzle platforming event and nowhere else in the game there was a puzzle platforming event. It's not like that at all. No, <laughs> I do get what it you're just, saying, and I, I agree with your point for sure. I just I, my, my takeaway from it is just different, but I, I do know what you're saying, and I think that's a very valid point. And my only free will, the way to actually not kill him, the way to actually exert control, is to just turn the game off. Haha, <laughs> owned you, Andrew Ryan. But I'm Power play- down. But I'm playing the game, and so thus I must do what the game tells me. Exactly. And I'm not doing what the game tells me when a cutscene happens. The game's doing it for me. Yeah. I'm not it's being not controlled. Plan, it's just I'm, I'm no longer a person in the game. I'm no longer a, an entity. This is good discussion. But you're you're you are like you're watching it go down, which is what has been going on the whole time. You just don't know it. Like in a video game. It's like you're following... Essentially everything in life is a, is a, a rail shooter. <laughs> everything is what a rail shooter. If you think shooter. about it, <laughs> think about it life, so much of life, life is a rail life shooter. Life is a rail shooter. It's even like this, life is a video game. Even Kung Fu can be a rail shooter. <laughs> it is. Because you were designed to throw those punches. Even Bioshock can be Kung Fu. <laughs> Everything is Kung Fu. Spaghetti is Kung Fu. Bioshock is Kung Fu. Rail shooters are Kung Fu. I just... <sighs> I, I, I love this so much. I get what it's going for. And I get what you're saying. I just think it's way less effective than if the player had to kill Andrew Ryan themselves and then collect the key. I would also like to say that I was really looking forward to, and in this order... Freezing with pyrokinesis, <laughs> then shooting with shotgun, then blowing the fuck up with fire pyrokinesis, Andrew Ryan. That, But the game robs me of that satisfaction. Yep. You know what that kind of reminds me of? So when I played The Last of Us Part 2, there's a part mm-hmm. where you play as Abby and you fight Ellie and you need to beat Ellie. Well, I know that the, the point of the game is you're supposed to feel for Abby by that point. And I, I kind of did. But I had so much more of an attachment to Ellie that I literally just didn't let anything happen. I, did, I didn't do anything the first time I fought Ellie. I just let Ellie kill me. Because I was like, I don't want to 
kill. Like, that's not what I want to do. So the fact that the game made me do something counterintuitive to my experience kind of makes me feel like it's like I I just wish I obviously that's way more like you have to follow the story the way that it's telling you. But I, I guess it is kind of weird when something just feels like it's it should just go it should be different like it should be it should have a different formula to it so i i i think i understand what you're saying i i i think that is an example of it's making you do something uncomfortable and i find that fascinating for games but i yeah i don't know well, I well, do know. Either way. I just don't like this scene. I just don't like this scene. That's fair. I think and that's bad. totally fair. <laughs> that's totally 100,000% fair. Dale, I have to ask you a question. Because after yeah, yeah. after the Andrew Ryan scene, we uh, get a rescue from Tenenbaum's little sisters. How does that work yeah, yeah. with you murdering them all? Uh, well, I'm uh, asking the same question. <laughs> it... Uh, I, I don't know that the dialogue is different because I've obviously I've only played it the one way, but she says something along the lines of, I guess you'll have to do. It's kind of like a <laughs> enemy of my enemy is my friend moment. She okay, accepts so that happens. she has to. No, nothing happens at all. I'm just <laughs> routed into the same path that every other player gets. I realize one thing that's probably different. Yeah. As I get to the sanctuary for the first time, somewhere I've never been to, somewhere I think if you do rescue, you can get to a lot earlier, right? Maybe? No. Perhaps? No? You get okay, there at well, the exact same time. At the exact same time. Well, I'm imagining in the good playthrough when you get there, all the little sisters are like, oh, it's you. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for all sure. All the little sisters say, oh, no, you're evil. I'm afraid. <laughs> scary. You're the worst. But they'll still so, be around. Okay. They'll they'll still be around. What? Jay chilling. Yeah. So their actions are, are their actions the are marginally different, but Well, yeah. it sounds like their voices are different, but their actions might be the same if they're just chilling. Oh, yeah, probably they're like playing with bears and yeah. skipping rope and really? having a grand old time. Okay. My question was, why are there so many of them? Haven't I been killing all of these? <laughs> yeah. God, it's probably the same amount, too. Probably. Apparently, the two different endings was a mandate from the publisher. Really? They didn't want to even do the bad ending. Well, that explains why it's so weak. <laughs> I will say my least favorite part of the game is the ending. Yeah. I think that is far and away the weakest part of the game. It's almost like we needed to have some kind of resolution. So here's a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Well, and that and it's also objectivism is now dead. Andrew Ryan is killed. Okay. It's now time for family. This game is actually about family and finding your own family. Did you know that? Did you know it was about finding family? You didn't have a good family, but now you do by these little sisters. Yeah, very forced. And you showed them the love and compassion that you always did. I mean, very rushed, you know what I mean? It is extremely rushed. What an afterthought. Also, Fontaine now has a Bronx accent. And... That made me realize that Rapture is actually just two boroughs of New York going at each other. <laughs> the vo- I, Okay, so I don't know the voice actors, but the person who did Atlas and Frank Fontaine, I think that person is amazing. Like, I think they did a great job. B- I think it's very two separate voice actors. No, it's one person. 
Oh, because they is? did the same thing for the uh, the Bioshock Infinite when he came back for that. Ah, uh, do you know Ken dude. Levine does the Circus of Value? No. Oh my God! But that is stuck <laughs> so, in my head. We have Ken Levine to thank for Joaquin Phoenix's Joker laugh. <laughs> I, I do not think that's true. <laughs> Circus of Value. I think you're thinking of Watch Jared Leto, Joker. Right? No, no. Have you seen the news, Joker? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, oh, but I, yeah. I that's just... Joaquin Phoenix's Joker laugh is. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I have not seen the newest Joker because Warner Bros. is refusing to let anyone watch the People's Joker, the only Joker that matters. Oh, <laughs> wait, really? That's Warner a Bros. whole other podcast. It? They have been, like, but so I would watch it the first night after it screened. Bummer. Yeah, yeah I would watch sucks. that one too. Um, yeah, another podcast though. Yeah, <laughs> Fontaine sucks. I find him also boring because he's so quick, and then all of a sudden he's like. You know, if you think about it, I'm your daddy. Which he did say that. He's, he's no. a huge dick. He's the only character that could have been a bigger dick than Andrew Ryan. But again, it's not even enjoyable. It's just insufferable. Uh, see, I, I like it a lot. I really do. I think that he is this, um, like, this mustache twirling, like, asshole. And, like, the thing is, I feel like we we like Atlas up until we find out that he's Frank Fontaine. And by that point, there's only so much time left that this one-note villain, to me, it's like it's fine because it's just the last, you know, you've reached the climax of the game, and it's just getting to the mustache-twirling villain and then, you know, stopping him. Yeah, I I will say, as someone who, as the only person, well, no, no, no. Faden, you've, you've played and beat it before, right? Yep. Okay, then yes, as the only person in this trio that had not played and beat the game before, about a third of the way through, I start thinking to myself, if the ending of this game is one of two things, I'm going to be really mad. And those two things were big Cthulhu reveal, because Cthulhu was in vogue in the mid-2020s, <laughs> mid-20-os. <laughs> the uh, mid-2020s? No. <laughs> and the other thing I specifically didn't want, which was also kind of in vogue for games at the time, was... For the guy that's been helping me the whole time to ultimately be the bad guy. Well, you know, this is kind of popularized that. No, no. So here's a fun thing. Um, not none of us played this game, but uh, <laughs> none of us. None hold of on. Us. Let me let me organize my thoughts. You might need to edit this. But uh, no so editing. yes, talking about um, talking about the player character that's been or the player that's. Whew, Talking about the character that's been helping you turning out to be the character that is ultimately the bad guy, that traces back to System Shock 2, which had the same plot twist. And ah. I found this out in discussing System Shock and Bioshock with a coworker of mine. Um, and when I told him that we were doing this game for the podcast, he lit up and was like, oh, I actually really love the Bioshock game, this and this. Did you know anything about System Shock? I'm a big Imsim fan. Uh, and so he explained a lot about System Shock and how the games were related because this is an, it's the same developers, right? Yep. They uh, made this game after System Shock 2 sold like shit. So in System Shock in System Shock 2, you are being helped by a doctor up to a point and the doctor's mm -hmm. saying you got to reach this point, you got to reach this point and I'm really sad I'm learning this by the way. Oh, did you want to play the game? Well, it's too late now, continue. No, it's <laughs> I mean, not. I haven't spoiled Just play anything the game. yet. Yeah, okay. Well, now I know it's a doctor. Over. 
Oh, fuck. You would have learned that by reading the plot synopsis. I wouldn't read the plot synopsis, personally. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so the doctor betrays you? Never mind. Dr. Yui? I don't know. What doctor? <laughs> Bioshock 2, Dr. Tenenbaum? Mm, that'd be interesting. Bioshock 2 does feature Dr. Tenenbaum, does yeah, it not? Yeah, it, it, it kind of does, yeah. Right? I haven't played that in forever. I've only beaten that one twice. That one's more fun. Because Big Daddy. You are a a chunky patriot, for sure. <laughs> Large father. It's, it's a lot more fun, if I remember correctly, than this game. I want to talk about this game's gameplay. The mediocre shooting of Bioshock? Damn, Jake, how do you feel word. about it? I mean, I, I think it's okay. I, I don't think it's aged very well, but I think that that's, you know, to be expected from a game that came out, like, what, 15 years ago? I mean, it's, yeah. you know, they use, they try to, you know, juggle some mechanics. Like, I mean, like, right off the bat, he's like, one, two punch, shoot him with the electricity and then hit him with the wrench. Um, and then that stops working. Like, <laughs> yeah, because the after. enemies get stronger. Oh, I want to talk to you two about. Um, the, the camera, cause when I got the camera, every time I play now and I, I kick myself every time because you get a, um, a plasmid later on that when you get a damage boost after, uh, taking pictures of them, of the enemies, you actually get more of a boost. But I, as soon as I get the camera, I try to max them out immediately and I forget that there's that plasmid. So maybe in my next one, I'll, I'll try to do that. But um, but no, I mean, I, I think that it's fine. I think that it's a little clunky. I, actually, I would say it's more than a little clunky. Um, I think that it has some, you know, fun ideas. It was the first one. Uh, I will say, I think that the use of plasmids is way better than... I, it's hard not to compare it to Bioshock Infinite, but I just feel like Bioshock Infinite was meant to be, like, take what Bioshock was and then enhance it. But it really is. Like, in my opinion, everything is better than than Bioshock Infinite in Bioshock. Like, to me, Bioshock as it is, like, on its own, it, now this is just my opinion, I know you guys have different opinions, um, to me, <laughs> it is... I mean, anytime you speak, I assume it's your opinion, I hope. Unless well, some snake hoping, yeah. is yeah. controlling you from the inside. Someone Are did you say... being controlled by a Guau'uld from Stargate? Is there, like, a giant little fucked up guy controlling that brain using it like levers and stuff and pressing big buttons a giant little fucked up guy <laughs> yes um i also somebody said would you kindly only talk positively about this before i got on but Excelsior. um yeah no i was just gonna say as it is in my opinion it is a masterpiece i think that everything from start to finish is perfect except for the ending um, I mean, it's not like a perfect game, but it's mm -hmm. like clunky enough and it's like aged. Okay. Like in turn, like if you go and play like Horizon Zero Dawn, it's everything's like fluid. Obviously, that is not the case with Bioshock, <laughs> but it's to me, it's like it's ah, I just I love it so much. I just love the game. So I'm not a good person to ask <laughs> what I think of the quality of this game. So no, that's okay. I, I, yeah. Your opinion's valid. Valid. Your I, opinion's valid. I just Battle feel like sphere. 
the atmosphere is like the the freaking frosting on this cake though like mm-hmm. i just feel like there's nothing else that's that's like made me feel so immersed and like every citizen of rapture except for the little sisters and then um uh like dr tenenbaum and frank fontaine and andrew ryan and then some of the citizens that you meet in bioshock 2 like everybody is crazy like this city is lost oh and uh sander cohen that's actually something that i wanted to ask you too what is your favorite um part in rapture i i need to talk about sander cohen real real quick i need to do a skirt skirt drive by (laughs) that motherfucker is i this is the era of fucking queer villainy (laughs) <laughs> and it's so annoying <laughs> listening to this effete artist I just thought talking. it was every Starbucks barista's worst nightmare <laughs> okay also it's just a very homophobic voice it's like doing a Truman Capote impression at this point like my god what are we doing here I am so fucked up he's just so fucked up <laughs> He's just like yeah. his stick is. Look how fucked up I am and devious. And also, I have my my men that I explode while playing the piano. Yeah, I mean the whole part in Fort Frolic is that it's like this, you know. It's also artist. named Fort Frolic. It is like, <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I get it's supposed to be like an artist thing, but it's also like this fucking Andy Warhol ish sort of artist too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I can't. I can't. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know who Sandra Cohen was until you started describing. And then I remembered. (laughs) I I thought a lot of the villains beyond Andrew Ryan were largely forgettable. I can't name another one. Not even Frank Fontaine. I know. Oh, well, I can't. Yeah, there's Dr. Steinman. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dr. Steinman. And then there's like the uh, first first Peach Wilkins, I think. Yeah. Peach Wilkins was the guy in the uh, fisheries but yeah okay okay so my favorite is for frolic because it's the most mm-hmm. theatrical um my second would probably be arcadia because it's obviously really pretty but do you guys have any like any place that you really liked or was it just this is all just really depressing and hmm. you know toxic i liked i like the walkways between buildings where you could see into the water those are nice i I did like Fort Frolic in general because it is a very artsy scene. It's just having this <laughs> devious queer wax poetics about murder and mayhem. It's just a lot. It's the more interesting choice. All the other ones are like, I'm fucked up. Isn't that fucked up? Isn't and it a- fucked up how fucked up I am? All I can do is shrug. But is he? But does he think he, that he's fucked up? Because I always, I just took it as like he is just a, tr- a a very pretentious person. Dude just likes murder, don't we all? Well, not even murder. Like murder is more of a a means to an end of like art because he's so obsessed with it and he thinks that he's like, you know, been kissed by God for actually I don't even know what kind of artist he is. Like a photographer, he's a sculptor, sculptor, right? My my thing is my thing is. The direction, the vocal direction was play someone who's a little fucked up. And 
it's all right if it's just one person like that, but it's literally everyone. And they have to make Sander Cohen so ridiculous and over the top to stand out. And he's the only one that does. So good on them, I guess. I don't think so. I think Frank Fontaine and, and, and I just I do think they all have their own voice. But I get what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm not oh, disagreeing with you. Sorry. I, outside, I just, my it's take outside is of. No, no, no. I actually agree. It's outside of the, those two. I'm okay. talking about like the minor people. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think Andrew Ryan and Frank Fontaine have their own voice, except Frank Fontaine's voice is just not as fucked up and more boring anger. (laughs) Everyone is super fucking full of themselves in this game. Did you notice that? Everyone's like, I am the fucking savior. Uh, Hephaestus Core, I like that aesthetically. It's a fun place. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Lots of gears and steam and lava. I love the industrial works. Oh, I want to flash back to the talk of atmosphere because there's one moment in this game that always comes to mind when we talk about the atmosphere of the game being a little bit spooky. Mm -hmm. There's a hallway where you're going down the hallway and there's a corner and you round the corner and it's like this little dead end. You can clearly tell there's a light shining just around that corner and you can see the shadow of a splicer just standing there. Oh, yeah. You're like, okay. And so you walk down and you round the corner and there's no splicer there. And you take a few steps forward and the lights go out. That, one's that was good. a cool moment. I, I thought you were going to say at the beginning when the splicer is over the uh, baby carriage. There are, they use shadows numerous times in this game. They the ba- do, yeah, the baby carriage is on the par of, oh my God, she's so fucked up. It's a gun. Yeah, yeah that's a little cartoonish for sure. Yeah. But the intro where you're getting attacked by the splicer in the bathosphere. Yeah, that part's really yeah. good. Bathosphere, bathosphere. Uh, I also like the part when you first run into the spider slicer, spider splicer. After mm-hmm. the first one, I think it's when you first get to Fontaine Fisheries because you go through and you walk through a hallway and like rose petals fall, and it's like super like uh, corny. Like it's it's a like it's it's just a little bit. Um, I forget what the word is, but it's just like you know, it's it's silly to me but it's like yeah it's it's just enough like adding to the pretension of every other detail in this game that i'm like that's that's kind of neat and and more shadows and stuff i was just gonna say did you hear some of the things that the splicer said because i heard something for the first time playing it this time and i couldn't believe i'd never heard it before and i heard it twice one of the splicers says there's semen on fucking everything Ah, and I was like, "What the hell? I don't remember that one." That's these things, kind of funny. these things feel like a Stephen King ghoul. Yeah, they also feel like a precursor to Borderlands Psychos. And I just want to take this time to say that I think Borderlands does everything that Bioshock wanted to do, but way better. I would heavily I've never disagree. Been it, I've never been able to play through Borderlands. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, Borderlands. Borderlands 1 is one of my favorite games. I it's it, more yeah. insufferable than this one. <laughs> okay. I but that's just it's just the humor is way not my taste. Oh, oh, it's 12-year-old bathroom humor. I will be the first to tell you that. Yeah, it's not for me. Not for me at all. And if the humor doesn't work for you in those games, yeah, you kind of just skip it. Cannot enjoy it. Uh, yep. I want to talk about plasmids. Me too. Me too. They felt great at first. 
And then I felt like I stopped using them because they felt useless even after I upgraded them. And that made me really sad. So, kind of. But, I mean, the gravity gun is just always great, right? I hardly use that one. Why not? It's the gravity gun! Like, right out of freaking portal, man! Half-Life! <laughs> The gravity gun? What? Oh, do you mean the... telekinesis plasmid. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just the gravity gun from Half-Life. It was awesome. I killed so many big daddies with the corpses of whatever was in the room. Right? (laughs) I I don't know if you've ever seen that meme where it's like, I hit one motherfucker with another motherfucker, and it's a guy holding another person, like swinging it. I picked up so many corpses and killed splicers by throwing another splicer's corpse at them. That was was fun to me. It's so much fun. And my favorite thing about plasmids is that I can just keep myself up on Eve by smoking and drinking. (laughs) I did the uh, wind one and would just like blow them against the wall repeatedly. That's that's good. I actually didn't use that one. But uh, that's a good one. I just electrified them. Electricity is good and then it feels like garbage, honestly. I felt like I kept enough damage to keep up. Yeah. Where you can freeze them, get the same effect, and then just shoot them while they're frozen. I don't like the freezing one, especially later on, because they get too much health. And then you don't have time to break them before... They break out. Yeah. And then then once they break out, if they're not broken, they still have, like, all the health that they had beforehand. It's like, well, what the fuck is the point? But that was... I do want to say that I think the use of health bars in this game felt... Like a well-intended idea that was ultimately poorly executed. Um, that being said, I played on the easiest difficulty. I think if I played on any harder difficulties, I would have thought that everything felt bullet spongy and would have been really frustrated. Because, uh, especially because of how limited some of the ammo capacities are on the guns. I never ran out of ammo. Mostly because I just used a wrench. <laughs> I powered up my wrench a lot. I powered up my defense. And I would just go smack, 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 smack. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That, it's cool that this game allows for that kind of variance to an, to an extent. I find a big daddy and go rocket launcher or grenade launcher, and then they die. Easy peasy. So did you ever use the hypnotized big daddy and then take them to fight another big daddy? No. I, I specifically cannot get that because I did the bad ending, and you only get that plasmid from Tannenbaum. Oh, really? Huh. Yep. Do you get any cool plasmids for harvesting? No, no. See, there's literally no mechanical point to doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's just once you once you realize like the trade off, there's there's certainly no point. But it should be that you get more rewards because that's what the game tells you you get. I should also tell our lovely listeners that before playing, I looked up. Hey, what's the difference between harvesting and saving? And that's the only thing I spoiled for myself, which somehow in reading that still didn't put together that Tannenbaum is the good ending. (laughs) So what I I think we actually we started talking about it, but I don't think we ever actually did. What was your experience finding out about the plot twist? Yeah, yeah. Let me paint the picture for you. So there is a room just before Andrew Ryan's room that after you've launched the EMP and broken down the security, you go through that for some reason it diverts you through like a back hallway and you have to take another room and you enter this room that has a whole bunch of medical notation and an audio log about an experimented child and 
that was way too on the nose for me. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm a, an experimented child that is now susceptible to mind control. Because that audio log spells out plain as day, would you kindly, is a trigger phrase. Excelsior. And then Andrew, Andrew Ryan comes in and is like, hey, everything you just saw in that room is about you. Oh, really? Is it really, Andrew Ryan? Is it really? Do you think so? So that kind of was like, I didn't see the genetic engineering come into play. I knew, I knew, I guess I didn't know about Would You Kindly. I knew that that was the thing that like, oh, everyone says Would You Kindly from Bioshock, probably because Atlas says it every fucking time he opens his mouth, the annoying motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now I know why. Okay. Okay. All right. Huh. And ultimately, I think I'm just bummed out that now I know why incels love to say Would You Kindly. Instead, they should be saying Excelsior. That was originally yeah. the trigger word. Yeah. I prefer Would You Kindly. I think that Excelsior <laughs> is... Now, I'm not saying the game isn't goofy, but if Atlas <laughs> was like Excelsior every time he wanted you to do something, that would be... I'd have some questions. Excelsior. More than I already did. A now little too smash obvious. his fucking head in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, did you not like... It wasn't like, oh, okay. It was like just underwhelming I mean, it, for you. It was. I, I don't want to say underwhelming. Um, I don't think that's fair because this game is like 10 years old. Sure, yeah. Uh, I genuinely missed all of the spoilers. So it was surprising to me to, to, to learn that, oh, this is a mind control game. I'm but a pawn, so to say. Uh, I think I was bummed out because... They make genetic engineering into such this evil thing and like, oh, I'm, you experimented on me, so now I have no free will. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. It, it caught me by surprise. I can say that. Look, you can tell Atlas is bad because he hides behind the workers and the people and he has an Irish accent, and the IRA is filled with Irish people. Oh, you're right. And Obviously. the IRA is bad because they don't like colonialism. Right. They're bad because they don't want to be oppressed. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Everything about Atlas was fake, even his full head of hair. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and his clothes. That's a good point. And his yeah. clothes, yeah, his his uh, working class attire. One of Ken Levine's main gripes with the final boss battle is that it's against a naked dude. <laughs> oh, really? And not dumb. that it's just a Nintendo-ass boss battle? Oh, get through three health bars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, where have I seen this before? Every Nintendo game. <laughs> Damn near every game. Yeah. Three is the magic number, and we all have the Ocarina of Time to blame. Okay, you're right. I'm not What about wrong. What about Mario? No, 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 no. What about Super Mario Bros, where you had to jump on the Koopa's head three times? Huh? Huh? Yes, but here's the thing. Ocarina of Time is the most critically acclaimed game of all time, and people <laughs> took inspiration from that specifically. And video games are just that now. Faden, when I said I wanted you to like Ocarina of Time, this is not what I meant. Well, <laughs> I recognize its cultural significance, so <laughs> what do you want from me? Do we have any last thoughts before we head into questions? 
I actually have a few more notes that I want to hit. Just things yeah. that I have written down that I wanted to say out loud for this. Um, things that I really loved about this game, uh, especially when you boot up for the first time and you're selecting on the menu and you like scroll down, up and down. There's little piano notes that play. I love that. Anything that does that, I love that. In Splatoon 2, when we were on the loading screen, the loading screen between matches, you could like touch buttons and make sound effects and tweak the controls and oh anything that you can do to interface with the music of a game i'm here for like crusader kings when you're picking an empire you can just click through all the empires and it'll go dun 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 repeat it i love that shit it's so good you know what else is really good in-game help systems bioshock has like this in-game bibliography if you fucking forget what a plasmid is you can just look it up in the game more games need to do that. That is really good. Remember booklets? Remember when video games had booklets? Oh, those Tunic remembers. Tunic remembers. <laughs> I thought the fetch quests were padding. I hated that shit. Oh my god, oh my make god. me find another thing. Jesus. But the fetch quests were not as bad as the little sister escort mission. <sighs> that, in my that opinion, is the hardest part of the game. I did not. I do not. Actual hell. That is a lot of. Uh, and the whole time the little sister's like, we gotta go fast! Meanwhile, I'm walking very slowly. We have to speed up, though. Hurry, hurry! hurry. Mr. Bubbles! Hurry, Mr. Bubbles! Hurry, Mr. Bubbles! Tell me now. <laughs> I think this yeah. game asks the question, but at what cost? And my answer is, but at no cost. It's a fucking video game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I think that the real good ending should be Rapture is Destroyed. Those I mean, are my final points. I think that happens either. Well, I guess no. Bioshock 2 happens. Yeah. Jake, do you have any last thoughts? I have played this game all the way through at least 10 times, and I will play <laughs> it for many more times throughout the rest of my life. This is a part of who I am. <laughs> and we love you for it. <laughs> this is me too. now. This is me. This is this is the life I've chosen. I'm sorry. Um, what you about know, you? Uh, you know Fontaine's evil because he pretended to be Chinese, <laughs> and that's really <laughs> fucking wild. Learning that, that from, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, learning that in an auto audio diary. Yeah. I it was it was an absolute wild fact to learn. Yikes! Wait, Faden, I have one question. And this has kind of been burning since we started this game. And that is, you said you have cursed knowledge on this game and you can oh, yeah, forever right. never look at it in the oh, same yeah. ways. And I want to know what that cursed <laughs> knowledge is. So I've read some interviews about basically <laughs> Kent Levine has stated that objectivism isn't what causes rapture. Rapture can be caused by any extreme ideology. Ideology itself is a bad thing to have. In the director's commentary, this is also new information to me. He noted that um, people delude themselves of ideology. And basically that ideology is bad because you're not living in the moment thinking about what you're doing. Instead, you are blind and you'll justify anything because you believe in like... You believe that your ideology is right. So basically communism could create rapture. Apparently. Shake my head. People out here believing in things when instead they should be yellowing. 
I just think we rationally just need to do the center thing. And by wow, center thing, fucked. I mean uh, destroy my game studio by bloating it to a massive size to produce Bioshock Infinite and then cutting everyone and keeping a majority of the profits. Ugh. But let's give Ken Levine more money. Yeah. That is pretty cursed. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think I would have played the game if you told me that. <laughs> It's just very strange because I also think that's not a the right reading of his own game. I don't think so either. The game very clearly is, hey, rampant hedonism and like consumption at all costs is at all costs and there's going to be nothing left at the end of it. And this just goes to show that just because he is the creative director doesn't mean he did everything because he had a team of writers. He had a team of people working on this game. This yeah. this is why I really hated the commentary with Jeff Keeley hosted the commentary. So A, that was red flag number one. Two, it basically made it seem like that Jeff Keeley and then like the artistic lead were the ones that created the game. And it was just their ideas that sprung forth and gave everything, filled everything out. Jeff Keighley was a writer? Jeff Keighley was hosting the director's commentary and asking them questions. Huh, okay. Because the director's commentary was done in 2016 when the remaster came out. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Jeff Keighley is a hot item in this era. Do you not like uh-huh. Jeff Keighley? I don't know much about Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley's just an annoying piece of shit. <laughs> is there I like, don't know. But is there more to that? Like, Has he done something that's shitty? Hey, Google. No, no, he Who hasn't. Is Jeff Keeley, <laughs> the <laughs> host of the Game Awards, dude. Usually, the guy who always. gives, who <laughs> creates a Game Awards show that gives Death Stranding an award to his friend Kojima in a game that he is in. I really like the image that Google pulled up of just this guy with the most thousand yard dead ass. I'm not even <laughs> here. Stare. <laughs> Yeah, no, Jeff Keighley, I don't, like, have rampant problems with him, but he just exemplifies a gaming culture that I don't think is interesting. Okay. Or good. Jeff Keighley, you look tired in that photo. I hope you get some rest. Jeff Keighley, why are you so tired? Why are you tired, Jeff Keighley? So, I think we should get on to some questions. Hi, there's some good ones this season. This season? <laughs> it's the spooky season. Oh! <laughs> yeah! Uh, I'll, I'll take the first one from Amundi. The first right. set. I'll, I'll ask number two. Yep. Why does Bioshock have an utter disregard for the lives of cats? The number uh, of yes! dead cats I yes! ran across in this I game. Bet, okay, if there was one thing that I wished was completely different about this game, it's the cats. 
that it's so random. It's just There's cats. Like there are no two dogs. dozen of them. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just a dead cat. And if you hover over it, it just says corpse. It doesn't even respect the cats. Like, it, it's not even like cat corpse or just cats. It's, I, I, I fucking, uh, that's, I hated that. I will say I hated that. I think the reason why I haven't brought it up yet is because my mind subconsciously has created a shield to prevent me from <laughs> thinking about it. And, and that's why, but that, that part always just fucking gets me. I do, I hate yeah. that. I really hate a that. A score of dead cats. There's no reason whatsoever. And it's the weirdest choice. Like, it's not <laughs> like there are dead kids. There aren't dead fucking Actually there are. I made raccoons. Sure of oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh I didn't notice the cats. That's fine. They're th- they're there. I, I, I there's never, a lot of them. <laughs> I never noticed the cats. <sighs> there's at least a baker's dozen for sure. Yeah. yeah. I I I only just recently found out why it's called a baker's dozen. <laughs> why is it called well, you have 13 because one of them is going to be eaten by the baker. Oh, okay. It's kind of cute, I guess. I guess. It's a little the next it's question. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the next question from Amundi is, in the absence of plasmids, would Rapture have been a success or would greed have been an equally destructive force in an isolated free market? That's a good question. I think... I think it's a really good question. That's like asking the question, do you think that the kill, killer murder death robot would have killer murder death fewer people if it was pointed in a different direction when we turned it on? Objection, your honor. Leading question. Instead, the question should be asked, why did we turn on the killer murder death robot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically just another American city, just underwater. Yeah, yeah, it's a matter of time before that greed gets in the way of itself. <laughs> exactly. Dale, would you like to read the next one? I will read the next one from a uh, friend of the show, The Traveler. I'm curious how the storyline of Bioshock holds up in this era. When the game came out, it was well known for being well written and really hitting home with some of the themes of the time. How do you think th- that the theme has aged into the current era of video games? Is it still good? Does it still hold the same weight? Thank you for playing for us. Oh. Thank you for that. The Traveler, they're really good. Nice. The themes are potent. I think so. They're, they're, um, I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, is it not? And yeah. therefore, art is subjective. And some people will come away from this game going, damn, I want to build a city under the water and make no rules. <laughs> That's right. I forgot Crypto Bros wanted to do that. Yeah. Fuck. That, I mean, if anything, just listening to this podcast, like, it's a pretty objective kind of game, like, all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that the message is important regardless. Uh, well, what is the message? We just said it's objective. It's about objectivism. No, it's not it's objective. About it's about objectivism. Yeah. Oh, so meta. I mean, the themes is, hey, would it be fucked up if you were playing a video game and doing a thing a video game told you? <laughs> That's the theme of the game. And maybe it doesn't hold up because it's just such a dating thing. Or maybe it doesn't hold up for me because I'm older now. And I am just realizing 
playing Bioshock again, that that's a fundamentally uninteresting thing for a game to be talking about. Or at least the way Bioshock does it, it doesn't land for me the way it should. And it does for me, because I have a small brain. But honestly, no, I'm small happy brain. You have a big heart. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but what about Which, his brain? Yeah, what about my brain? To have a big heart, you must have a big brain. That's how it works. You know what they say about big brains? What? Big big skulls. Big dicks. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> are there other games? There are other games that are about playing games. <laughs> I thought you were just like, are there other games? <laughs> are there other games? <laughs> <laughs> Do other games exist? <laughs> Do, are other games a thing? There should be. There are a lot <laughs> of good I ideas. Wish, I wish there were other games. If someone could introduce other games to me, I would love that. And we'll play it next month on our podcast. <laughs> uh, our last question comes from Hilver. I read Atlas Shrugged as a teenager because of Bioshock, fully expecting a Fall of Rapture event to happen that never comes. Have either of you read a book inspired by a video game? Yes. I'm currently reading Don Quixote, inspired by... Oh my god! (laughs) Donkey Kong 64! (laughs) Right? (laughs) There's a lot of windmills in Elden Ring. So in our Elden Ring (laughs) podcast... There's literally one area with windmills. (laughs) There's a lot of them, though. In that one area. You are reading Don Quixote. This is a real thing. (laughs) Because of Elden Ring. (laughs) Jake... I actually have. I read, um, uh, what's it called? The The Road after playing The Last of Us. God, that movie is depressing. Yeah. I'm guessing the movie, wait. Yeah, it's a the movie. The Last of Us is based off The Road? Oh, yeah. Essentially, yeah. I guess that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. I don't wow. know anything about The Road, but I know it's based off it. it at the very least, it is heavily inspired by it. That, and it's also, oh no, that's the second one. The second one is inspired by the conflict between Israel and Palestine for some fucking reason. <laughs> Whoa. I, it's not great. It's not good. <laughs> that part is not good at all. There, anyway. But it's not a political game. <laughs> and is that the only, is that the only book, Jake? Um, I, I think, I, funny enough, there is a book, there are, there's at least one book, there might be more. Um, about Bioshock, like the world of Rapture before things went to hell, that I've always mm-hmm. wanted to read, but I've just never, I don't know if I just forget about it or what, but um, but yeah, there is one. The world of Rapture before everything went to hell? So Something like that. misogyny and drugs, the end? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I actually have no idea because I've never, I've never read it. Yeah, what about you? <laughs> I, uh, I've been thinking about this question. And honestly, the it my brain is so poisoned. The only thing I can think of is I read the Mass Effect books. Well, what about That's like okay. games of industry and the books like that that you've read? I mean, but those aren't based off a, a game I played. Okay. okay. I mean, you know, if if did a certain game ever inspire you to read a certain piece of literature? Literally, only I can think of is the Mass Effect games made me want to read the <laughs> Mass Effect books. I mean, I that's I fine, yeah. It's not fine. Those books are bad. Oh. Are they, like, <laughs> not like good. bad, like, 
their content has bad messages or they they're just bad like quality. in the way potato chips are bad where i'll still eat them oh i mean if you're you know if you're happy but they're stale <laughs> but i can't stop why am i reading all three of these fucking books <laughs> there must be something you like about them and like in the third game one of the book characters shows up in the games finally i'm like oh my god <laughs> that's her <laughs> Uh, I think that's good. I think that if you're like a fan of something and you can, you know, enjoy that, then there's nothing wrong with that. Because you, yeah. you also have a good brain. So you, you know, <laughs> you read things that are intellectual and you read things that are basically like popcorn garbage. Flicks, but you know, <laughs> just you know, like they literally invent the drug red sand that is just spice from Star Wars, which is just spice from Dune. Did you know that Spice from Dune is also in Warhammer 40,000? Oh my god. <laughs> Everything. My is brother asked me what came first, Dune or Warhammer. Oh my god. And I couldn't handle that. <laughs> Why? Which came Unfortunate. First? I got one last thing. We got a fun quiz, don't we? We got a fun quiz, actually, yes! this time. Yes! And this time I vetted it. So this will oh, actually good. stick in the podcast on like last month's. That's probably for the best. <laughs> so, Jake. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Which Bioshock character are you? Oh, now I'm. Now I'm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what matters most to you? Is it one, making money, my art? Oh, who's that one going to give me? <laughs> the well being of others, my career. Society. <laughs> Honestly, Burning their eggs. Other. Other? Is other. other really an option? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that, is that all of them? Yeah. What matters most to you? Burning their eggs. Fucking. <laughs> this is such a fucking. High, I used to do these quizzes on facebook when i was in like high school and i was mm -hmm. like oh which true blood character am i and then i'd get the <laughs> one that i want that i basically edged the quiz toward and i'd be like oh yeah i'm totally bill compton you're edging that quiz to what bill yeah or eric <laughs> oh bill for sure fuck eric oh my god no fuck bill fuck bill no fuck eric he's eric, a douchebag I, I want to that's the point i know uh, just put me it's, down for the well-being of others, I guess. Put, put him down for other. <laughs> Let's get this BuzzFeed shit out of the way. When you see an unhoused person on the street asking for money, you <laughs> tell him to get a job. Give him whatever money you have. Take him to a homeless shelter, because that's how that works, totally. <laughs> I have a place you're going. Get in the car. <laughs> tell him you got work for him to do. Get a brilliant idea for a new song. <laughs> Leave him be. Oh. What was the first one? Tell him to get a job. Is there one that's just like, give him money? Yeah, give him whatever money you have. Sure, just that one. What job appeals to you the most? President. This one's going to get me Sandra Cohen, for sure. That's okay. Musician. Nurse. Scientist. 
Businessman. <laughs> None of the above. Other. The music one, the singer one. Musician? Yeah. In your ideal world, what do you see? Free oh, enterprise oh. businesses. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is so forced. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Perfection under one supreme being. Period. This is the only one of a period. <laughs> Me ruling over everyone and everything. Art and music everywhere. None of the above. I want to rule everyone and everything. If you just choose other, none of the above, what do you get, Big Daddy? I don't know. (laughs) How would you describe yourself? A natural born leader. A visionary. A kind hearted soul. An artist. Fair. And just none of the above. <laughs> none of the above. You're not a kind-hearted soul. No, definitely not. All right, in your spare time, you like to <laughs> experiment <laughs> with chemicals, brush up on my studies, plot and scheme, write poetry or paint, play some golf. <laughs> none of the above. Uh, was there one? What was what was the one? Was there an art one in there? Somewhere? Write poetry or paint? No, um, none of the above. You're a golfer. I hate. Where in Rapture would golf. you spend most of your time? Oh well, this one. Hephaestus, Apollo Square, Fontaine Futuristics, Dionysus <laughs> Park, Fort Frolic, Medical Pavilion. What? Why would I spend more time in the medical pavilion? Because you're constantly tripping. I'll because go you're with the main uh, character Jack being genetically engineered. <laughs> I'll go with the um I, I think Fort Frolic was in there, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll go with that one. What plasmid? I almost said plasmid. <laughs> what plasmid would you use the most? <laughs> Electrobolt, insect swarm, hypnotize Big Daddy. Houdini, Winter Blast. I don't like using plasmids. <laughs> if I was asked what plasmids would I use, I simply wouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to go with Houdini. because I always felt like that one would be super convenient, and I'm mad that you don't get the... Uh, you don't actually get to use that one in the game. What is that one? What are you talking about? It's the one where you... Well, it's it's the, the Houdini Splicers, like, teleport. Oh... When faced with a big daddy, you destroy it and make it into art. Avoid it. Call my splicers onto it. Splice up and take it down myself. Oh, I'm going to get spliced up. Use my family to take the beast down. (laughs) Run for your life. It means you're Jack, the main character, and you did the good <laughs> ending, and now have a family of five daughters. If you oh yeah, I guess that any, is what that. Any means. of your problems? You use the little sisters like Pikmin. Yeah, and you is have them like jump on the beast. <laughs> you just whistle, and they come to your beck and call. I hope so. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Collect those pellets for me, girls. Um. Wait. So have the options been said? Y- yes. Okay, I don't know. Destroy it and make it into art. Avoid it. Call my splicers onto it. Splice up and take it down myself. 
Use my family to take the beast right. down. I'm going to avoid Run it. Run for, for your sure. life. Avoid it? Yeah, I'm going to avoid it. That is not my table. Will you rate and comment my quiz, smiley <laughs> face? No. Yeah, too. I've got better two things to do, kid. Not enough true blood references. <laughs> Only if you'll help the little ones. I don't wait, help the parasite. Wait, this is a quiz? <laughs> yeah. You are not part of the family. I shall. You work so hard, my little moth. Time for dreamland, Mr. Bubbles. What? I think I get what's going on. It's more meta stuff. Would um, you kindly? It should say, would you kindly rate and comment my quiz? It Come right? on. What? Yeah. This, this, uh, and not one mention of Bill Compton. This, this is not the best quiz. Um, <laughs> Bill Compton. <laughs> What uh Sucky par- <laughs> Sucky Do the uh do the do the parasite one. That one's fun. Because it's Andrew Ryan, obviously. You're Bridget Tenenbaum. What the actual fuck? You're a regular <laughs> mother goose. You're a regular mother goose. You have a big heart and you use it for the right causes. You Aww. don't care what type of war is going on. You will go in and help all the fortunate find their way to safety. Unless, of course, you're in a Nazi concentration camp in which you will help the Nazis effectively torture and genocide people more. Wait, yeah, is that yeah. what it says in the quiz? No, okay. I just added that last part. Okay, gotcha. So was she a bad guy? Cause... No, not in the end. She's redeeming herself. Right. She's trying to atone. I mean, Sandra she Cohen was... was your second one. Sandra Cohen. I mean, yeah, I figured. Sophia Lamb was your third. That's actually crazy. Andrew I don't like Ryan, that they your fourth. That. Makes sense. Frank um, Fontaine is your last. Sick. Well, regular mother Jay. goose. Yeah, this was so yeah, much yeah. fun. Thank you for letting me be on here and going over one of my favorite games. My, of my. Course. I was just gonna say. My top three favorite games in this order are The Last of Us, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong 64, and Bioshock. So it was a pleasure to talk about this. Chaos list. Yeah, absolute chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I have anything you uh, want to promote? Royal Duality would be on your top top games. <laughs> it's it's you haven't even finished it. It's not I That's I, not true. I've finished it multiple times. Just not a good ending. Have you ever run into a character called Serpentis? Serpentis? I'm going to take that S-I-R-P-E-N-T-I-S. as a no. That's not how you spell his name. So I'm going to say oh. no. No, no, I have not. I've, I've gotten a game over screen every time I've tried to play it. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you can get to me someday. I do too. <laughs> so you're in Royal Dualities, which is a free game on Steam. Is there anything else you want to shout out of, out of yourself? Uh, he plays the character Sir Pantsless. <laughs> Sir Pence. Sir oh, Serpents. No, I I got nothing else. Right oh, now. Snake. Okay, Snake. You're just you're just David Hater. <laughs> Dale, do you have anything you want to shout out? I do. As always, I would like to shout out our loving and caring audience that listens to us every month. Um, Thanks for your support. We're uh, looking forward to a year two. Got some things in mind. Stay tuned, as it were. Oh, yeah. They should be on the lookout for sure. They also should be on the lookout of my recent Andor piece that I wrote that I really like. 
Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put that in the show notes. If you've been watching Andor, you should give it a read. It's a good show. It's a good show. Good show. Surprisingly good show. And yeah. uh, next month we're going to be playing Outward. And this time, Dale and I are going to play it co-op together, so we're going to have a fun time. Yeah, fun. Capital F. Capital F. On an adventure. It has been a good time. We we got an early start on it. We got an early start because it's a big fucking game. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Would either of you ever play Bioshock again? No. No. Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, I don't care. I'm just curious. I'm like, am I, I... I'm like the only person that I know that likes to play games over again for the heck of it. I sometimes do, but it's not going to be this one. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, are we still doing the podcast? Just still going. Uh, we, yeah, we got to say goodbye. Bye. So, thank. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that works. And there goes Jake. So, <laughs> so thank you all for sticking around, and we hope to hear from you in uh, in either our Discord, which we may have a link for you to join there in the show notes as well, yep. or you can uh, send, um, I don't know, a fax? Do we have a fax line? I'm setting that up. But okay. until then, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please, and thank you. Mm-hmm. We're worth it. I promise you. If we're not worth it now, we will be worth it later. So just cash in that goodwill now. That's right. Buy in early. Pay out later. Would yeah, you you'll look like... much cooler when you said, hey, I, I, I liked this before it was cool. Everyone loves that person. That's right. Would you kindly? I heard you back there, Jake. What? Excelsior? Yeah. Excelsior. You know, it's because of Stan Lee. That's why it was good. Wow. Yeah. Would he just be like, hey, Jack Kirby, draw a comic for me. Excelsior. Oh, my God. No, he basically (laughs) just threatened to not pay him. No. On that note, have a great day, everyone. (laughs) Talk to you next time.